Hi, everyone. Welcome to In the Trenches. I'm Jenna. I'm Tara. I'm Tim. And I'm Owen. Hi, everyone. My name is Tara. I'm originally from New Jersey. And today on the podcast, I'm going to start us off with a question, pretty simple one. Of just answering for all four of us, Jenna, Owen, and Tim, and myself, just answering where we're at right now within our actor career, what it looks like in this moment, which probably while we're recording it right now and when this airs will most likely be a little different just because that's the nature of the beast when it comes to a career in theater. It changes. But why I mostly want to ask this question is I don't think I knew what I was truly signing up for when I majored in theater, that my life would have a lot of different elements and components to it, and that the lifestyle of an actor has different seasons. Like auditioning looks completely different than being in a full-time performance schedule. And if you're just auditioning, you usually have some sort of survival hustle that you're committed to as well. And um, I usually nickname that the juggle, the juggle struggle, just because I feel like I usually have a lot of balls up in the air. And sometimes it means I'm usually dropping another ball. So my first question for you, my friends, is what you're up for, up to right now, what your life looks like, and any challenge that you're facing right now currently within that that you're actively working through. Tim, would you mind tackling that first? No, happily. So this is Tim. I'm in Manhattan right now, and I'm a voice teacher here in the city. So... I used to call it my side hustle, but really it's kind of like I'm an actor and a teacher. And I sort of have come to be just comfortable with that life balance. So my teaching and my acting make up 50-50 of my creative career at this moment. I think the struggle comes in when I have to like actually do what I teach to my students, (laughs) like walking the talk, you know, taking off the teacher hat and like stepping into audition or performance mode or whatever it is. I think the challenge comes when, cause you know, we're all in professions where we use our voices for a living and we don't have the luxury of throwing our instrument into a closet after practice. After teaching for six hours, like the last thing I wanna do is work on my own voice and like look for new songs for myself. Mm. So that is the inherent juggle struggle with me. The thing that I think I used to do in terms of auditioning would be to like cast as many fishing lines into the river as possible and wait for nibbles. And I realized that as I Mm. was teaching more and more, it became more difficult to sustain that. So I realized, Mm. what if I throw like less lines in the water and just like change the bait at the end of the hook? So then I don't burn out as fast. So it's like, I, I change what I'm giving to the auditors rather than feeling like I needed to audition to everything that I remotely thought I was right for. And that has helped sort of like keep me sane. (laughs) And I also realized I was like showing up as a better me and a more authentic and more confident me. And I'll leave it there. That is awesome. And Tim, can I just quickly ask you, so you said you're in New York, you're in New York right now. You are 50-50 both. So what does a typical day look like in terms of balancing between the two? Or do you have different days that are devoted more towards like, if I'm auditioning this day, I don't teach? Or do you have like hodgepodge blend? Good one. Yeah. So Thursday, Friday are usually carved out for uh, New York Film Academy, which is where I'm on faculty. Mm-hmm. 90% of the time, I'm like not going to audition on a Thursday and Friday. I'm just not. 
because I'm usually teaching like five, sometimes six hours a day on those days. And going back to juggle struggle, hashtag, I don't want to spend any more vocal calories after I'm teaching. So I leave auditioning <laughs> for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Those days are more flexible because those days are usually more like private at home clients. And I carve out mm. a little more creative time into the schedule. And what I've started doing actually, for example, like today I had a, a one o'clock, a two o'clock and a four o'clock. And so from three to four, I didn't have anything. So I made that uh, creative time for myself. So I like just sang a little bit and worked on some audition stuff and had another person come in the door. And that way I can sort of group it all together because we get these, we get these creative awesome. strides, you know, and they don't always come. So you kind of have to like take them when you can. I find that after teaching like two hours, I still have enough juice to like keep the train going. So I usually take that for myself. Awesome. Hey, Jenna, you want to answer the same question? Hey, I'm Jenna. <laughs> I'm originally from outside Philadelphia, a tree hugging town called Swarthmore, Pennsylvania, where the R is silent. And I'm, I'm calling you today from Philadelphia um, because I am down here doing a show at Delaware Theater Company. I'm doing Honk, the musical. I just saw it today. Tara saw it today, which was great. So this has been an awesome contract. It's been a seven-week contract, so really short, about two weeks of rehearsal and then um, two and a half weeks of rehearsal and then the rest of it a run. And we close on Sunday. So my juggle struggle is that as of Sunday, I won't have a theater job and I don't have my next gig lined up. So I've sort of entered that time in a contract where you know things are ending and you start to feel that panic about what do I do next. And so I'm coming back to New York on, um, actually on Monday, I have a rehearsal because I'm doing a concert in June with um, Ashley Sweetman, who's my duet partner. And we've put together this female, female duet cabaret act. So we have a gig at the end of June, so I'm sort of working on that. But anyway, so I come back to New York on Monday, and then from there, I I don't know what, what lies in my future, and that's sort of scary. I mean, it's exciting on the one hand because I've been out of the city for seven weeks, and I left you know at the end of March, so as audition season was sort of coming to a close, and now I'll be coming back when most of the summer projects are already have already been cast. And it, it's kind of a slow season in the summer, which is both a positive and a negative. I think on the positive side of things, it's a great time to get seen in a non-stressful environment. And then on the con side of that, there's just not as many things to audition for. So yeah, as you can tell, I feel I feel apprehensive about it. <laughs> yeah, because oh, I'm gonna call you out though for a second, okay. just because I'm. I want to just highlight the fact that you've been up on your days off auditioning a lot. Yes, I have. What has that been like? Tell me about that. How do you do it? <laughs> um, so what happens usually is on Sundays, I would drive back from Delaware to New York, which is about a two hour, two and a half hour trip. And then I'm in town on Monday. And Mondays, you know, Tim just brought up how do you balance teaching and auditioning? Well, this past Monday, for example, is a great example of what I went through where I had an audition bright and early at 10 a.m. And then I went and taught for the next five hours um, before I had a voice lesson. And then I came home and had a Skype lesson to teach 
And then I finally got to sit on the couch and just kind of have a chill rest of the night. So those days when I, when I'm away on contract and I'm lucky enough to be working somewhere that's close enough to get back to the city, if, and when I need to, my days back in the city are really far from a day off. They're more like a super day on (laughs) where I'm trying to just cram in as many clients as I can and as many auditions and other appointments that I need to get done. You're a superhero. Well, I love it. I I I mean, and it's like thrilling. I, I feel like Tim and I's voice studio has, we are just amassing such an amazing group of clients who have all of these incredibly awesome auditions and callbacks and workshops and stuff going on that when they reach out to me and they say, you know, SOS, I have to go in for this. When are you back in town? And I say, I can only cram you in for a half an hour on Monday. They're like, I'm in. And I'm, I get really excited and energized about spending my Monday at that rapid fire pace when I know that it's in service of people really close to achieving a big milestone. You're awesome. And can I ask one last question for you with uh, coming back into the unknown pool of what's next? What is one of your favorite things to combat that, the this panic buttons that can be pushed? Oh, man. I feel like this is a whole topic that maybe we'll do on another podcast. Yeah, you could just touch, you could just touch upon like one little thing. Yeah. And- so I'm doing this new thing, which Tim also mentioned, where I'm just trying to cast fewer lines into the fishing pond love it and while my anxiety is telling me you need to cast more and more and more I'm I'm trying to let my other side of the brain be like nah dog you don't need any more lines just wait the fish are gonna come and it's gonna be fine and so actually I've Ben and I my husband are traveling in August we're going on a trip to Italy and to Ireland So I've been sort of, you know, feeling excited about coming back because I know that I have something to look forward to. And so I've been kind of trip planning as a way to combat the the anxiety about not having my next theater job lined up. Mm, Something in your control, too. That's beautiful. Yeah. Awesome, Jenna. Thank you. Owen, what's up with your life, Owen? Hello. My name is (laughs) Owen. Um, I'm originally from, uh, media Pennsylvania outside of Philadelphia. Um, I just flew to Philadelphia yesterday from Florida because I'm currently in a co-production of Legally Blonde, the musical. We started at the Riverside Theater in Vero Beach, Florida, and we start tech this week here in Philadelphia at the Walnut Street Theater where the show will run uh, till late July. And that's where I am. Awesome. So you're in a, you're completely engulfed in a show contract. Pretty much. um, Yes. But there is always kind of like Jenna was saying, being close enough to New York, there's Mm. other irons in the fire. I have to go up on Thursday for an audition and then, you know, kind of just starting to eye like ways to possibly line something else up after this. Um, but yeah, but most of the focus is going to shortly be back to the show. We have a four day hiatus right now. Do you have like intense warm ups or anything that you have to do like physically? What's that look like for this show? Yeah, I mean, it's a uh, I definitely warm up physically before the show because um, it's a little all over the place. I'm also dealing with a past injury, so mm. 
kind of protecting my body from that. Um, and then I'm also covering a pretty big role. So that's on my agenda at the moment as well is making sure that I'm ready to, you know, be off book Stop and in. ready to, yeah, <laughs> you know, ready to, to go for that. So yeah, but it's, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty busy show. Definitely warming up, uh, taking care of the body, uh, staying fit enough to carry a run this long with a show this busy. And then also kind of, uh, keeping my voice in check for the role I'm covering, which is, you know, which is kind of vocally challenging. So it's a full-time job. Sure is. <laughs> yes, it is. Get it, Owen. That's awesome. I didn't know you were covering something. That's exciting. Yeah. yeah. Is it Emmett? It is Emmett. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I need to know if it ever happens because I'll, I'll get on that bolt bus. I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah. Should I answer it or no? Yeah. 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 Okay. Hello again. It's Tara. She's back. And I'm currently, this is my first time I could actually say this, is having full-time theatrical employment in New York City. Mm. Um, Yeah. I'm currently in this new immersive experience called Pips Island. It's for children, and I often describe it as um, like a Willy Wonka version of Sleep No More. <laughs> and there's animation and puppets and it's uh, got like sensory, uh, like you could smell things in certain rooms. There's a lot going on. So it's a new way of telling stories. I have a conversation with a puppet. I ride on a flying ship. So it's not too bad of a job. Wow. And it's my first <laughs> equity contract in the city. So it's a full-time schedule. But I still have some other things going on, still doing the juggling. I teach a class out in Brooklyn on Mondays. Mondays is one of my sometimes days off from Pips Island. Um, and I'm directing Matilda with this group of kids. And then I have coaching clients kind of peppered in all around this schedule. Monday nights is usually a big night for me with coaching. I try to keep that like a teaching coaching day. And I am running three upcoming women's circles with my group, The Wander Woman, which is mostly um, female identifying uh, folk that we gather to connect off the clock and take big exhales together and just check in with one another and offer support. So I have that. And then just some auditions sporadically within all of this, but not too much. I'm not auditioning at a full speed right now it's a little bit more selective which is great as I am still kind of adjusting to Pips Island and what it demands on me and I would say for me that's the big challenge is that all these things Pips Island teaching coaching everything requires me to be at vocal like at capacity because it's a lot of speaking and Pips Island is interesting because yes it's an acting job but it feels like I'm teaching like at full five six seven eight volume all day because it has that like wrangling quality to it because I'm guiding children through rooms. It's not an intimate stage setting. So I feel I've definitely been having, especially during in April when we had a lot of shows, I was feeling the vocal fatigue woes and getting a little allergy stuff happening and then sickness. So I, that has been one of my biggest struggles. So I've been meeting that with figuring out better foods I can eat. And I've invested in that fun Pyramus steamer, which I cannot recommend more because it's great to travel, especially like I've even done it on the subway. I've even gone there and whipped it out on the subway, which is nuts, but it's great. It's like a lifesaver before a show or after a show. 
Same with nasal irrigation and all that. But yep, that's exactly where I'm at right now. So I'm kind of curious about this group that you're leading. Mm -hmm. It sounds like you've sort of taken this role of like being a spiritual leader of of sorts. Is that fair to say? (laughs) Sure. Yeah, I guess it's like I definitely bring in a little bit more of that realm for the circles than like anything else. So sure, I'll go with that. So like, how did you get there? And I wonder if that helps you with your juggle struggle. Oh yeah. Did that did that branch come from the tree trunk that was like, oh gosh, I like need to somehow manage this, you know, what can feel like we get we're in New York, we're in a really fast moving city and like things get really intense. So yep. was that born out was your spiritual journey born out of that? A thousand percent. My spiritual journey came when I hit a rock bottom. Like in this career, when I was in a national touring company and was the only person not asked back. I had to come back and audition from my first year company and was terrified of my director. Um, Like all these, like just put everything on, like I'm not good enough, like was really truly believing all those stories and it was just bad. And then when that happened, I decided to be like, I'm not going to let someone tell me I'm not good enough. I'm going to believe in myself. What do I need to do to do that? And that kind of started my whole journey into the spiritual side of things because that I had never explored before. I just kind of based my whole entire college training and early career life off of what others told me they thought of me and took them as truths. And in this case of what I was experiencing, I knew something was wrong in this. Like it kind of felt a little bit, I don't want to say abusive, but there was something not right in the relationship that I was having within this particular show. There was a lot of things going on and nothing is right. Nothing is wrong. You know, it's all, this is what, where I theater could get a little muddy and tricky. Everyone has their opinions, but yeah, this is what, that is what propelled me. I'm actually very grateful to that director now because I would never have learned how to believe in myself on my own if it wasn't for having such a, you know, hit the floor moment with all of this where I was like, I can't live like this anymore. Or I just get upset when someone thinks a certain thing. I just can't do it. It's amazing. It can feel like something like that feels like a huge smack across the face. But then you fast forward later and you look back and you're like, wait a minute. Totally. That was probably a blessing in disguise. It was one of those slingshot things where like, it feels like you're going back, but it just gives you momentum or opens a new door for you. Yeah. And I like have no problem talking about it at all because I'm really grateful for it at the end of the day. It's awesome. So, yeah. I feel like what's interesting about all of us and where we are right now is that I'm noticing that in times of overwhelm, a lot of us lean into helping other people. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And somehow, even though that feels like you're adding something else onto your plate, it helps you feel a little bit more balanced. Do any of you feel that way? That's a beautiful point, Jenna. Yes, completely. I feel like sometimes I get more fulfillment when I lead a circle than I would receiving one, like just being the member there, just to like be the witness and watch and see like and and hold this space, I feel like that's a bigger honor sometimes than just like, you know, being someone coming in and stepping into it or just taking a night off for myself. The circle kind of gives me the same benefits I would want from the night off, you know? Yeah. That's really cool. I get that. You know that feeling when you leave an audition, you're like, yes. And you get that little flutter in your body. You're like, it feels therapeutic. You get Mm -hmm. a little bit jazzed up. I, I get that feeling sometimes in a lesson when 
I discover or we discover like a pathfinder for somebody and they they get sort of a moment of like where everything comes to fruition and everything is like, oh yeah, that's what you've been talking about. They've experienced it in a new way. And um, so I, I get the same physical response in my body when that happens in a lesson as I would after like giving a good audition. I'm the same way, Tim. When I, they're the only thing better than me getting the job is when I hear that my clients get the job. Oh, yes. It's, it gives me that same euphoric feeling of pride and success and happiness. And I have to say that even if I think about, you know, I'm Owen and I are lucky enough to be, and Tara, you're, we're all doing shows right now with a, an incredible like variety of audience members from everyone from retirees to in Florida to small children in New York City, and then to everyone in between in Wilmington, Delaware. <laughs> and I feel like um, I love a I love a talk back because I love to hear what the audience mm. responded to and what they had to say. And and the beautiful thing about live theater is that every night people respond to different stuff. Yeah, this is Owen. I'm also an accompanist. I don't think we touch on that. Um, <laughs> and so I haven't coached in a while, but yeah, but I've had a couple interactions. A couple like uh, opportunities at both these theaters to engage with like the education departments and that uh, um, you know kind of do like audience talk back type things, talk to um, yes. acting apprentices, um, and also I'll be working with developmentally disabled kids um, in a couple weeks. And but yeah, I mean you know a hundred percent just kind of touching back to the root of why theater exists you know, since Thespis, which is reach, which is connecting with someone else and getting out of your own brain, you know. Is that really so, what it translates from? Is that the Greek or the, the Latin? No, oh, no, no. I'm just saying like, like, <laughs> hashtag Thespis. Um, <laughs> like, just like the root of theater, you know, like, you know, it, talking about the business of theater is something that happens in your own brain, whereas being in a room and engaging with other people is something that can very quickly take you out of that. Amen. Yes. Yeah. Good talk. (laughs) I feel like that's a good wrapping up spot. I think so. Thank you for listening to In the Trenches podcast. Mm -hmm.